Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Tony Kennett in for Casey today. And we continue to try to figure out what in the world is going on with the economy. How are these bank failures how could they potentially affect you? Let's bring it closer to home and talk with one of the best in the business, our old pal of Demery Retirement Services. Bill Demery, how are you, my friend? I'm great, Rob. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing just great. Good. So let's full disclosure, obviously, people who listen to this program know Bill is an advertiser on this show. Now we got that out of the way. Let's get right to the questions. And the first thing for you, Bill, is when these big events happen, because obviously your thing is you secure people's retirement. How often does your phone start ringing? How many emails do you get? I bet you've been a pretty busy guy answering questions the past week or so. It sure feels like that. Uh, anytime you know the market goes south, there's always a concern about people running out of money. And uh, bank- scoot up just a little bit for me, if you can. Okay. And there. bank failures, you know, uh, the same thing. You know, people are concerned about the safety of their money, as well they should be. When you look at what's happening in the economy right now, from a reti- and obviously retirement is what you specialize in, mm-hmm. how concerned should people be? Do you see this as an isolated thing and, hey, it'll be okay, there's nothing you really got to look at? Or is this a, you know, an alarm to people and say, hey, you need to pay attention to these things because you could be impacted? I think it's a wake-up call, Rob, because uh, when you get into retirement or, or near retirement, you need to safeguard you know, what you've spent a lifetime to accumulate. So most of my clients that come in, they're concerned about safety. Okay, So anytime uh, you hear a uh, world development, whether it be you know, bank failures or, or uh, stock uh, going south, uh, people are concerned. In this kind of a situation, people often also want to know how quickly they need to act, but they also want to know how long this is going to last. So so what should they be doing with their their money in the meantime? How are they going to weather the storm? When you're talking to individuals like that, how, how, how do you kind of bring them out of the, you know, this is all the end right now kind of a situation? Well, I think my job is to educate people because the internet, uh, as great as it is, because I like the fact that you can take your phone out and ask Siri anything, uh, <laughs> you know, and you can get the answer. However, you go on the internet and you'll get some pros about certain things, but then you turn the channel and you get a negative. The mediocre hour. Right. Okay. So what the <laughs> hell do you believe? You know, excuse my French. Um you need to be informed, you need to use your gut, and you need to take action. And uh, uh, I always say that that the worst thing that I think the financial service industry has done is they've underestimated how stupid the government is. <laughs> Uh, Bill Demery is our guest, Demery Retirement Services. We're talking a little bit about the financial situation. And and that's a, you make a great point, Bill, because we had Michael Munger on in the first hour. He's a Duke economist. He was talking about this. And he was saying that one of the things that got this, this Silicon Valley bank in trouble was they had bought these bonds. Mm-hmm. Well, when, inflate, when interest rates rise, which the Fed is doing to offset this mass government spending, mm-hmm. the bonds get devalued, and yet the government tries to act like, 
well, this bank was a really bad actor. They may have done some stupid stuff, but government plays a huge role in this. They do. And, of course, most people know, not everybody, but most people know that the FDIC, uh, that they plant on the bank doors, that's supposed to make people feel warm and cozy, and their deposits are uh, uh, protected up to Mm $250,000. Okay. But now we have Silicon Valley uh, that I was reading somewhere where uh, that one day, I don't know if it was March 9th or March 10th, but $41 billion uh, was withdrawn from that bank. Now, a lot of people don't know this, but as far as uh, the capital that these banks are required to have on hand, it's very low. It's only about eight cents for every dollar. No. So, so you're telling me that if you have a dollar in the bank and you're thinking, hey, my money's there and I can go get it at any, at any time, if everybody made a run on the money at the same time, which could theoretically happen and in this case maybe is happening, they've only got about eight cents to back that up? That is correct. Now, the bank, what is their purpose? Okay. Well, uh, their purpose is to loan money to individuals and corporations, and then the other is investing. Well, there's no federal regulations that uh, monitor these banks, unlike a life insurance company. Right. A life insurance company, you have to have a dollar in reserve for every dollar that's deposited. And so, I've always said in my uh, meetings and my seminars and, and on the radio that it's it's a uh, it's just a a question of 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 who's who's got my money and who has my best interest right yeah. and you have to put yourself first okay it's just like you guys with your 401k's okay that you have okay do you know what your 401k is invested in do you know how it's working you should know because that's your money Okay. Uh, Bill Demery is our guest. We're talking a little bit about the financial institutions, how safe are are, are the financial, the banking institutions. Uh, Bill of uh, Demery Retirement Services. Tony. You know, it's a lot less safe with our financial institutions than even the casinos in Vegas. You know, the Nevada Gaming Commission <laughs> stipulates that a casino has to have a dollar for every dollar that's being played on the floor within their within their safes in, in case you know individuals wanted to withdraw it yet a lot of these large multi corporate national banks that are are playing fast and loose with the rules and as you said fast and loose with the investing as well yeah. are are making it extremely difficult for local banks to operate in a way that's going to provide their constituents their investors their clients with any kind of real safety and security so if you're an individual individual who's who's a little bit nervous, a little bit scared right now that, you know, well, is my money going to be there tomorrow? What, what, what do you tell them? Because right now they may be hearing this and be going, all right, it's time to get off of work early and, and head to the bank. What do you say? Well, what I say is uh, the Federal Reserve laws are very clear. Uh, they insure up to $250,000. So you shouldn't have any more than $250,000 in the bank because that's the part, you know, that's protected. But going back to uh, which is the safer of the two, the life insurance industry or the banks? Well, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, the banks were bailed out by the life insurance companies back in 1935, okay, when the Great Depression came. After the, after the Great Depression. Yeah, yeah. And so this is how FDIC 
agency came in place, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. However, the Federal Reserve laws, uh, they're not as strict on the banks as they are on the life insurance industry. So, right. uh, the 8% capital, okay, what happened to Silicon Valley Bank is they had bought all these bonds during the pandemic, okay, and because of uh, their 8% surplus, Mm -hmm. okay, they had to sell these bonds, and they had to sell them for a loss. Yeah. And so, that's why the Fed came in and uh, protected the depositors. Real real quick, Tony, before, because I know you got something you want to get to. A lot of people are really upset, and I think rightfully so. They're saying, well, the sign says 250000 and since I was a little kid, and we talked about this, I think uh, when I saw you on on, uh, on Friday, you always saw two hundred fifty thousand. It's very clear. Yet now they're protecting, and as Dr. Munger talked about in the first hour, one guy had like three billion dollars in there. That yeah, we'll take care of it. It seems like they're just protecting their friends. Where if it had been Bill Demery or Rob Kendall or Tony Kennett or Kevin McNamara, they'd have said, "Well, sorry, you get the two fifty and nothing else." And I think that's why people are upset because the rules don't seem to matter. Exactly, exactly. And they're and they're not really protecting the investor. They're rewarding the uh, people that have lost all this money above and beyond the two hundred fifty thousand. They're not individuals. These are corporations. These are these are uh, wealthy people. You know that have. Uh, uh, Social ties, right? Yeah. Okay. You're being very nice. <laughs> well, I could probably say a lot more. About that. <laughs> Tony, uh, real quick, I want to give you the last question to Bill before we have to get to break. So this is something because I'm very interested in hyperinflation and economic collapse, and I, I have to get this question off my chest. So, of course, with you're talking about the Silicon Valley Bank's bond failures in this circumstance, mm-hmm. what do you think this is going to do in in the next six months to a year as far as bond sales and and things like T bill sales? Uh, like, are we are we seeing a threat really to to that going on? And you know, Tony, I tell my clients, and you can't see this on the radio, but I don't have a crystal ball, and neither do you. Okay, so what we need to do is we need to be uh, alert, and we need to uh, uh, find somebody that you can trust. Okay, and then use your own gut because I always tell my clients this is not my money, this is not the Edward Jones or Merle Lynch guy's money, this is your money. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you need to act accordingly. So what my job is is to lay out all the options so that you can are make the best decision. So you can make the best decision, and it depends because if you're 20, 30, 40 years of age, totally different than if you're 50, 60, 70. Right. Bill Demery is one of the best in the business. <laughs> Let's give this phone number out here as you've been so kind to come in with us today. 317-932-9912. It's 317-932-9912. And as we said, obviously, Bill does support and advertise on the station. But, man, it's just great advice. You're one of the best in the business. And we loved having you here because you're the best. Rob, thank you so much. And, Tony, it's nice to uh, be with you and talk to you. And also, uh, you can reach me at uh, Bill at Your Retirement Guy. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, some audio involving dating that you absolutely have to hear. I'm hoping Kevin hit the bleep button. Skinnel Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. of audio you've got to hear to believe and even when you hear it i'm not sure you're going to believe it and well 
Tony and I are married, so this is directed at Kevin. You're totally screwed in the dating game, Kev. I thought we knew that before we got on the air. Well, I what I have hope for Kev, and I try to mentor him and guide him in the right direction. Um, so there is a podcast. It's called The Whatever Podcast. And remember, Kev, a couple weeks ago when we played the girl who kept saying like about 30 times in a one-minute clip, and she just was basically saying she didn't know how to have a conversation with men, and she couldn't talk to men, and that just we pondered how horrific it would be to have to date someone like her. Yeah, was that on the same podcast? Yeah, this is, these are the same people. We finally figured out who these people are, and I've gathered it's just men and women who sit around and they talk about relationship stuff for the most part. I think they talk about some other things, but that's what this is. So one of the people, so there was a group, if you can picture this because it's radio, you won't be able to see it, but there is a group of men and women and they're sitting around a U-shaped table and the women are on one side and the men are on the other side and they're taking questions from, I guess, listeners or viewers of the podcast. Okay. Typical so far. One of the men gets asked a question about whether he would rather be forced to engage in interpersonal relations with the oldest woman in the world or a trans person. And he gives his response to this. And the woman who he's on the panel with absolutely loses it because he has the audacity to talk about the biological biological makeup of a man. I'm going to play it, and then I feel like this will be right in Tony's wheelhouse, so I'm going to let him take it Why do you do out of the audience. Wrong? No, I did it because you were on the show today. I had not uh, planned to do it, and then time. you were on the show. I said this will be right in Kenneth's wheelhouse. Kevin had to bleep this. Uh, good luck, Kevin. I hope you succeeded. Chase, would you rather smash the hottest trans woman in the world or the oldest woman in the world? <laughs> Honestly, bro, old, the oldest woman in the world, because then I wouldn't be gay. What? <laughs> you really just want me to oh, just rip I, you off? I swear to God. Are you like, what? Uh, what? Chase, yeah. how dare you be transphobic? Yes, actually, what the do you mean? Yes, that was Because so if I had sex with a trans woman, I'd be having sex with a biological man, and I don't want to do that. The question is, that's not what you said, though. That's fine. Because I'd be say. gay if I had sex that's with a biological man. That's not gay. That's and gay. I don't even care if you're doing this for, like, whatever, but, like, shut the I'm, up, actually. I'm doing you look it like you have a little bit of respect Why don't you make me shut the up? Because I have an opinion that differs from yours. She's right. I mean, that's really hateful, bro. She's not. She's oh, not. So hateful, it would bro. technically be homosexual. A trans woman is a biological man. Sue me. It's dude. That's mean. I also gotta go. It's not up. It's real. It's true. Okay, if you guys want to respect gender identities. So I told Kev, good luck in the dating game because that's the pool you're pulling from on the on the woman side. But think think about where we're at now in the society, uh, Tony. Tony Kennedy in for Casey today. The guy simply says, I would not want to engage in a relationship with a transsexual person because that is a biological man, and I don't want to do that, and now that is offensive. Yeah, I, you know, yeah, just, uh, just... 
just, have, I can't even get started. This is so bewildering. Have sex with the dude or you're transphobic. Just go out there. Just grab all of the penises. That's not gay. Go out there, whatever. You know, Rob, I want to make this very clear. I am so thankful that I have a traditional Christian wife. I am so thankful that I don't have to put up with this crap. I dated girls in my time in the foray when they were starting to do this extra woke nonsensical garbage. And it was hilarious because this kind of double standard abounds out there. It's okay for a lot of these woke women to go, well, I really want a guy that's over 6'2 and makes, you know, seven figures a year, even though they look like a, a buffalo with haggis hanging off of them. But the second that you say, you know, I, I really, I, personally, I, I don't want to have sex with a guy. They're like, oh my gosh, you bigot, you horrible human being. I I, I watched this multiple times and I, I just, it was, it just kept reinforcing to me, this is the world in which we are living now, where if you say, I don't want to engage in in a relationship with this person because they have the same biological parts as I do, now you're a bad person. That's he, he's not saying anything bad about the people. He's not saying he wants ill will to come to them. He's not saying he doesn't want them to be happy. He's just simply saying, I would not do this because I am not this. And I want to make this very clear because we need to tie this into the conversations that we've been having earlier. When all of the Republican senators out there are like, I don't know why Republican parents are just so upset about all of the transgender stuff. This is why. This is why they don't want their kids to have to encounter this on the day to day basis and be told that what those girls did to that guy in the podcast is morally good. That shouldn't be a thing. And yet you have senators like Bray and Kyle Walker and others in Indiana that they'll they'll close their ears off to things that you just played on the air. And they'll just pretend that everyone on the LGBTQ plus two IA seven six five three oh nine side of the aisle is just as mentally sane as the parents who don't want their kids exposed to it. That's not the case. It is the Kendall and Casey show. Tony Kennett in for Casey today. When we come back. Update on Tiger Woods. He's responding to this uh, lawsuit with his girlfriend. We've got Colbert and Jen Psaki. They're just gushing over MSNBC. We've got some Bill Maher audio on Trump and the Trump voter. We'll get to all that coming up next. Okay, listeners, big question. How would you feel if you lost out on $111,000 in retirement income? Yeah, probably not very good, right? Well, get this. 96% of Americans lose out on an average of $111,000 in Social Security income. And it happens because they claim their benefits at the wrong time. The good news is you could learn how to avoid this with a free Social Security analysis from Bill Demery, your retirement guy right here in Indy. If you've saved at least $200,000 and have not filed for Social Security, schedule your free analysis by calling 317-932-9912. This free, customized analysis shows you exactly how to get the most out of your Social Security benefits, and it won't cost you a dime. Call 317-932-9912. So Bill Maher comments on the Trump voter. Does he have a point when it comes to Trump versus DeSantis? 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Tony Kennett in for Casey today. And uh, I want to play you this clip from a recent episode of Bill Maher's show. And we always preface with Maher that he is not your buddy. 
He's not your friend. He's not on your side. He isn't. He didn't have some sort of, you know, wasn't Scrooge where he was, uh, you know, visited by three ghosts and suddenly gets and understands what's going on. But he is a survivalist, Tony. Oh, and yeah. he recognizes that he helped create, like Dr. Frankenstein, he helped create the monster. And now the monster is out of control. And he's a 60-something white guy who makes funny observations. They'll come for him eventually. And so he is somewhat worried about that. Um, so that being said, let's play this audio where he's talking about liberals. And then he talks about the Trump voter and whether or not DeSantis can tap into that and what sort of chance DeSantis has to pull the Trump voter. And then I'll be curious to get your thoughts on if you think he's right. Disagree with that. First of all, everything I hear about DeSantis is that he's dull. He doesn't have any charisma. And also, I think I think liberals, they just they they make a real effort not to understand the Trump voter. And um you know, it's like, oh, DeSantis is going to be great because he's it's Trumpism without Trump. And I think they're like, why would we want a tribute band <laughs> when the actual band is still playing? So that is the broad conversation right now in the Republican Party is do you want to go back with a guy who now has not had success the last two election cycles. You can say for a bevy of reasons, there's a lot that goes into it, but Trump and Trump candidates have not done well across the board, certainly in contested races. We don't count Jim Banks winning re-election, but in contested races, he has not done well. And so there's a lot of people who say, look, with DeSantis, you would get a lot of the Trump stuff, a better Trump, a more reliable version of Trump in terms of liberty and freedom, limited government, accountable government, but without the baggage, Marr seems to think that a lot of people aren't going to buy that on the Republican side. Okay, Marr's stupid, and here's why. So <laughs> I, I don't like Marr the same reason that I don't like Tulsi Gabbard. I don't care for people who start the book and refuse to finish it. If you recognize there are a lot of problems with the left, but you're not willing to make the jump to principles of liberty and conservatism, you're stupid. Finish the conversation. Finish the book. I'm not impressed. Number two, he's a cultural elitist. He has no idea that there are more than two types of Republican. There are. Did you know that it's not just Trump Republicans and establishment Republicans that vote? You have like 18 different factions of Republican that vary wildly from region from region, from social construct to construct, and not all of them will vote for Ron DeSantis or Trump for the same reasons. It's not. So trying to categorize, well, the Trump voter, and then he like starts to paint a caricature of the Trump voter as though all Trump voters like Trump for the exact same reason. That's not the case. There are a lot of people who vote for Trump or DeSantis or, God forbid, Nikki Haley for a certain set of reasons, that does not mean there are just one, two, so, well, will DeSantis be able to tap into the bevy of Trump voters? Well, that depends. What kind of Trump voter are we talking about? Are we talking about the economic? Are we talking about the Rust Belt Trump voter? Are we talking about the ones who like how he handles culture war? Or do we like the, the, the those who are former Democrats? What kind of Trump voter are you talking about? Because some of those DeSantis has already taken. He's already taken the culture war stuff on a lot of things. And whereas Trump is still batting way higher than DeSantis is on foreign policy issues, there are, there's just a vast scope of individuals in the Republican Party. Bill Maher has no idea what he's talking about. You know, the, the think about, like, to use a sports analogy, there's a lot of guys who know how to throw in baseball. There are not nearly as many guys who know how to pitch. And Nolan Ryan is a great example of this. Early in Nolan Ryan's career... He was a thrower. He threw really, really hard, but he wasn't a great 
pitcher. And as he got older, he learned how to pitch, which made him one of the greatest pitchers of all time. I feel like with the Trump voter, yeah, he throws the ball really hard. You know, he says the things. He he gets people riled up. He says things in a way that you go, you know, we called the guy the psycho mad dog prosecutor the other day. Even I'm laughing at that going, nah, yeah. that's great. We need more people that. But in terms of the pitching, which is the actual governance and effectively governing and being able to coalition build to win elections, Trump is not doing a very good job there are, of that. There are three different wedges of, of Christian voters that Trump has absolutely lost in the last couple of years. He's lost the pro-life block because Trump has come out and said, well, we shouldn't really be abandoning abortions in states. It should really, And he's like started injecting himself into areas that that was one of the reasons that this Christian block was voting for him. And then in other issues and cases in entitlement reform, he's shut off a lot of libertarians who are voting for him. And it, again, it, it's more important to notice that what DeSantis says and what what Trump says matter in this primary because we are weighing two candidates out. And a lot of people do think that Ron DeSantis is a little sanctimonious and a little high nose too high in the air. That's a fair criticism. And I'm saying that as, as a personally as a fan of DeSantis. Another criticism of them is he doesn't have a lot of charisma. He's not he's not the world's best public speaker. And a lot of people do want that kind of forceful business entrepreneurial middle finger to the North Koreans kind of a president in the White House. And that's fair. But to break the entire party down into one or the other as terms of voters shows exactly why those on the coast have no idea what's going on the second you leave California or New York. All right, let's uh, let's head over here. Colbert, you ever watch Colbert? You strike me as the sort of person who every night has your uh, DVR player set and ready to go if you're I, not up. As, as a person who loves J.R.R. Tolkien, and he loves The Lord of the Rings as well, I absolutely hate that we have something in common. Yeah. I despise this man. I mean, he is just an awful, horrific, just whatever you want to say broadcaster i mean personally i mean he's just uh, just every in, it's every box in right? the realm of takes one to know one that man is the most arrogant fool on the planet so he had jen Psaki on the other night she was the former press secretary for biden and boy we thought she was bad we had no idea uh what was in store when they went from Saki to corinne jean pierre he had uh Psaki on and listened to these two gush over MSNBC. And my question for you, Tony, will be, do they really believe this or is this just the spin? I'll be curious to get your answer. Take a listen. So if your boss is an MSNBC, which is sort of sometimes called like a liberal fox, I don't think that's entirely fair. If you were asked to do any of that stuff, what would you say? I would say no, but I would never be asked that. But I'm asking, it's, an, it's a hypothetical. Well, I don't do hypotheticals, A. Okay. But, but B, look, I think this is an important piece to dive into because MSNBC has a very high standard of what is factual. You have to go through a process before you report things on air. To- Tony, thoughts? Okay, first of all, (laughs) no. Coming from the group that has had to retract multiple statements within the last three months alone, much less the last four years, I think they hit three dozen retractions in 2022 to 23 alone. So, first of all, no, they do not. There is no high standard of journalism. By the way, there's really no high standard of journalism anywhere. There is actually no publication that I have found yet that double, triple, quadruple fact checks your sources. You you trust people to make the right decisions. There's no editor that's going to catch everything. That's just the nature of the game. But number two, 
uh, not dealing in hypotheticals. Uh, you hear this from politicians all the time. Well, I'm not. Let me ask you this, or they're like, switch it. Just answer the question. Just answer the question. If I ever ran for office, I would answer every single question. Just boom, right there you go. That that's the question answered. I I don't understand why anyone wants to listen to acrobatics. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, I'm going to ask Tony. Can a third party ever not only win, but be competitive when it comes to the presidency? Because a new group is trying to get on the ballot in all 50 states. Be curious to get his response. We'll talk about it when we come back. It's Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. So, can a third party ever be competitive in a presidential race? One group is wanting to explore that. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob. Tony Kennett in for Casey today. Kev's here. So there's a group, Tony. They're called No Labels. They've been around for several years now, and basically they strive. You ever heard of these guys? No, but I mean, this is the what the latest in a long line of the new third party. Andrew Yang was the forward party, and then mm-hmm. right, go tell me They about strive for, I think, bipartisanship, whatever oh, that means. So, like, so their uh, committee... Um, their co-chairman, and I'm going to read the names for you, and it'll tell you all you need to know. Joe Lieberman, <laughs> former Democrat senator from Connecticut. Uh, Pat McCrory, former Republican governor of North Carolina. And Dr. Benjamin F. Chavis Jr., don't know who that is, but they are the uh, the uh, chairman, uh, their ch- co-chairman of, the, uh, of No Labels. So, basically, what this group does is, I guess they try to find moderate squishes who don't stand for anything and say, if you'll stab enough of your own people in the back and not follow through, then we'll make you a part of our team. And they're trying to get on the ballot in all 50 states, which is no small effort. They've raised like $46 million. according, According to Breitbart, they need to raise 70 as their goal. So, my question to you is, do you think the public, A, once there's an any sort of appetite for a third party candidate and b is there any chance one could ever be successful okay the answer to both of those is no and here's why it's no because just like every republican area just like democrat areas you have a lot of different people that are lumped into one group so everyone goes hey we don't like either party let's pick a third one (laughs) and then everyone's like oh okay and then you have the convention have you ever seen the libertarian convention rob kindle have you seen what happens when a candidate suggests that maybe we still have driver's licenses and then the guy (laughs) wearing a fur suit with sex toys glued to it screams no no licenses or laws ever and then that's the end of the convention because they can't agree on anything. You know, you are so right. Because I was going to extrapolate this out to go going beyond president, even say something like for governor. You know, I looked at this long and hard. And obviously, the libertarians are the only possible option here because they have the ballot access. There's no way, given the construction of that party as an from an infrastructure uh, organization platform standpoint, 
that someone's going to get elected governor of the state of Indiana. I mean, rainwater did about as well as you're going to do, and that took a guy who people just loathed in the case of Holcomb, and he got what you know, eleven and a half percent, which is way better than libertarians had done before. But he's probably not going to repeat but, that again. But, but no, because rainwater suffered from this very same thing that every third party candidate suffers from both sidesism because they get in front of a crowd and they'll say hey this thing from the democrats is bad and then about half of the crowd will cheer and then what will they have to do to get the other half of the crowd to cheer for them they'll have to find something that's just as bad that the republicans did and that's what rainwater did he would say something bad about the left and then he'd have to say something bad about the right only here's the real secret there's not as much stuff the right is doing that's as bad as the left yeah but but, but, but wait, wait wait but here in indiana I think there was plenty for him to talk about. That there the right is was do- plenty. There is plenty to talk about. You're right. But if we're going to equate like Indiana being ridiculous and awful with taxes to the Democrats who want to take kids away because they want to cut their penises off and their parents won't let them as the same thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. One of those is worse. Yeah. I'm more than happy to get rid of the tax hike Republicans by getting like it's a long process and it'll be a pain. But primarying them out as hard as I can, then then I am going, well, both sides are really just as bad so let's elect a guy that doesn't believe in the town of aleppo let's get gary johnson in here i it's it's just awful so let's say if we, let's take this back to a national conversation let's say you had and i've always said the reason like matthew mcconaughey did not run for governor of texas is well, because because then you got to pick a side right then you've got to there is no middle ground on abortion either you're for sucking the brains out of a defenseless well, you've fetus, never wondered what lightning mcqueen thinks about a woman's right to choose you're, you're not you're not there is no middle ground on open porous borders either you're for securing the border or you're not in this all get along go along stuff he you know everything from taxes to border he's gonna have to take a position on He's a movie star. He doesn't want to take a position on that because he wants to be like. Same thing with The Rock. The Rock is not going to run for president because he's got to take a position. Oprah's not going to run for president. So I don't know who the person would be. Trump is probably the closest thing to a mega celebrity who would run for public office. But could somebody you know, on a third party like those people captivate the imagination and and have a chance. No. Because Perot did. You, you have if to Perot choose. had quit, he could have been the president. I know, I know. I know everyone always brings up Perot, but I, I want to make this clear about what Trump did. Trump picked the right. Yeah. He picked the right, and he then he did the right better than the right was doing the right. That's why Trump won. Trump was better at being the right than the right was. The reason Oz lost to Stroke Master Fetterman over there in Pennsylvania, the man who I'm I'm really not sure at this point, and I mean this seriously, I have no idea if he's alive or dead. You have no idea if Fetterman is alive or dead. We have a sitting senator. In that wild. And Oz lost to this man. The reason Oz lost to him is because he took his personality and his fame, and he's like, well, I want to be kind of moderate. Both sides are good. We've got to have the purple. No, I don't want the purple. You know why? Because the blue sucks. Why would I vote for something that's less than what I believe in? As a Baptist, I don't really care for watering down my theology and then calling it church. It's not, because it's not what I believe. You know why I don't sacrifice on issues of economics, education, abortion, etc.? Because I believe, in my heart, all of those things I have beliefs on. I don't want moderate, mediocre tap water. If I want that, I'll go to my bathroom, sink, or toilet. I don't need to vote it into office. If there was a third party, though, that you believed in more so than the Republicans, which that I don't think would take much given the makeup of the republicans would you be willing to vote for that person or use someone and we hear this a lot and i hear this oftentimes from someone like micah where well you just can't let the democrats in there so we gotta whether it's todd young or i know you're not a diego fan would you be willing to vote for 
if you there's someone who you really believe in as a third party who appealed to you more than the Republicans? Or are you just out and it's got to be the Republican? I voted for the Libertarian other than Diego Morales at, at the polls because I don't like Diego. I don't. Um, and that said, going into the presidential election, it better be just a home run, swing it out of the park Libertarian candidate. And here's why I say that. Because, again... The, the junk that the right brings to the office is not as bad as the junk that the left brings to the office. Are the, is the right going to raise property taxes? Yeah, I'm going to hate it, and I'm, I'm going to gripe about it on air, and I'm going to vote against that in the primary. But you know what's worse? Someone taking my guns and my kids from me so that they can turn them into transgender freaks. Maybe maybe I don't want that as much as I don't care about the property tax. You know, it's so fascinating you said that because this is the reoccurring thing that we say on the show to the Democrats is if you guys would just shut up and be normal, you might have a puncher's chance, but they can't do it. It's like you had in the Secretary of State's race, for example, here, you had Destiny Wells actively on her social media account talking about and promoting on-demand abortion. There why, you go. why would you there do you that go. as Secretary of State? So for all the people like, but 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 Rakita's just as bad. No, he's not. If you put Rakita up next to Destiny Wells, Destiny Wells is a certified progressive Marxist lunatic. And when I look at Rakita, okay, there are some things that you don't like about him. All right, that's fine. But R- Wells is a threat. Yeah. And well, so when people are like, well, the Liberty, if we all just got together and voted Libertarian, you and I both know that's not going to happen. It's not because the Libertarian candidate believes that horses should be the main mode of transportation. Well, and I, and I looked at, you have had between Rainwater and then Jeff Moore, who was the Libertarian nominee for Secretary of State, probably the two best candidates the Libertarians have ever nominated in the history of the state. And yes, they did markedly better than the previous candidates have done. But they're nowhere near where you would say, okay, I see it within closing distance or I see a viable path within, you know, if, if we if we lay the groundwork for four years that you're going to be in that position. I mean, Jeff Moore got 35,000 more votes than the previous Libertarian for Secretary of State in, a, in, a, in an election in which the Republican and Democrats, Diego and Destiny Wells, lost hundreds of thousands of votes. He did way better, but you're nowhere near. And I, somebody like me looks at it and goes, I've done my part here. You know, if you guys outside of the donut counties, they did real well where we are heard. But in terms of the actual party apparatus, Mm -hmm. you're still getting the three percent in these counties where WIBC is not heard. This is where and this is why I need to make this yet again very clear. Primaries matter. Yeah. Primaries matter. I wanted Jonathan Lamb over Greg Pence. I didn't like voting for Greg Pence in the in the general. I didn't. Jonathan Lamb was a much better candidate in the primary. However, again, no one cares about the primary. I would rather spend my time trying to get everyone out to the primary vote than than getting to October and hearing the Libertarian go, well, they're, they're just the, that Repub- they're just both sides are bad, and and I don't want that the both sides are bad. So principally, I can't go for it. And it, so we're, we're pretending that the election starts in October and ends in November yes. when that's not the case. Right. It, you have to take into account the primary and the fact of the matter is no one knows how to run a primary in this country on either side of the aisle. They're both incredibly corrupt and that is a both sides-ism I'll, I'll give you. So it, realistically I think energy is better spent in the primary not in a third party. Alright I think what we got to the bottom on was that these no labels guys were a gigantic waste of time and they're going to have no shot and uh, we're stuck with uh, well sludge. <laughs> thank you. Hey thank you for filling in today. You did an awesome job. Thanks for having me on, man. Hey, Kevin, awesome job as always. Thank you to everybody who watched, everybody who listened. We appreciate you. We'll see you tomorrow. Stick around. Tony Katz coming up next. It's Kendall and Casey Show at 93 WIBC. Yeah.